Hello, and welcome back to Keep Digging for Life. I am sorry that I have not made a podcast in a few weeks. Uh, My mom recently has gone back to Florida, so I will be taking a break from the normal um, educational segment, uh, the class segment of Keep Digging for Life, and I thought... Just to do uh, some insights into the inner medium of what the light looks at the end of the tunnel as far as the process of what I was looking at um, in regards to biblical languages. Once you look at the context of the book and the biblical languages, what good and ultimate element would you essentially get out of it? So today for this segment, I'm going to be focusing on the very common phrase that Paul uses in uh, his letters, uh, grace and peace in Jesus Christ. That phrase is very common to Paul, and we don't often think of that because we're just like, oh, introduction, not that important. Let's skip over and get to the juicy applicable stuff. Well, here you'll learn that sometimes the smallest verse can be just as equally as powerful and impactful. So just stay tuned for more and we'll be right back. And we're back. So in this segment, I'm going to cover the phrase grace and peace. And next segment, I'm going to cover in Christ. So first, grace and peace. Uh, Why is this important? First, um, let's cover what grace is. Now, grace was the typical Gentile uh, greeting of favor. You know, goodness, good fortune, um, unearned good fortune. So, here in this um, passage, we get an idea that, even from its general usage, that when we just look at this word by itself, we get the connotation of it's unearned, it's favor dispensed by a more powerful individual, and just as a side note, it has been often said and correctly said that grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is getting is not getting what we do deserve. And as far as grace is in the Christian life, just speaking to myself, sometimes we could be more critical to ourselves in the Christian life. Uh, then God would actually be causing, saying to ourselves, why is God continuing to forgive me? There, there are two extremes as far as grace is concerned. One is to say, oh, it's just grace, and we could sin as much as we want. Um, Paul basically says, by no means, or as Wallace likes to translate it, hell no. The other side of grace is 
we apply it so much to others but not to ourselves and we kind of inflate our sinful nature that's you know sinful actions and say well god can't use me because i'm so sinful that is a bunch of hogwash that is totally not true god loves you because he created you for one you're made in his image and his son died on the cross and if i could be perfectly honest that is something that i often have trouble coming to grips with in my practical life because i want to please him and because of my physical disability i often inflate the reasons why i can't be helpful but one of the things he's trying to teach me is that I need to be grounded in him and to thank him for the status that he has given me as a son. Now, um, peace. This is very interesting. The term peace is the traditional Hebrew blessing. Shalom. You hear that very often in Israel today. The con but the concept of shalom is not just well-being. It's full and complete wholeness. It is, as you will, God's intended nature, um, God's intention for nature to get us back to shalom, to get us back to wholeness, to get us back to full and completeness. And like grace, it can be only fully given and completed for God. We're searching for shalom. We're searching for the sense of wholeness and completeness. And that is what Paul is wishing for, for even in our own lives to begin to gradually and progressively get more and more in the direction of that wholeness and completeness, which will ultimately find fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And that comes to the most uh, important thing that I will discuss in the next segment, namely the phrase, in Jesus Christ. But you can see it can be said that grace, there's kind of a progression here because God graciously gives us shalom among many other things. He graciously enables us to pursue that sense of shalom, to get closer to that sense of shalom. And just as a side note, God is graciously giving us everything. We don't deserve anything, even our own ability of effort. He had given to us, but he's done it not because we need to prove ourselves to him, but because he purely loves us. I I know that so many of you have had bad experiences with with uh, fathers and needing to prove yourself. God isn't like that. You're coming from a state of actual care and love and just continually speaking and reminding that will just positively Reinforce that I'm not talking about uh, about frivolously speaking positive things, but there is something to say about reinforcing truth and countering the lies of the enemy that say you're unvalued and unloved. And I need to continually to preach that to myself. So hold on, and I will get back to one of the most uh, interesting things that Paul phrases, namely the phrase in Christ. So just hold on there.
Now we are getting to one of the most interesting phrases, namely in Christ. Now, I must admit, one of my professors in undergrad was a big mystical unification in Christ kind of guy. And at first I thought, he's just crazy. I don't know what he is thinking. He's on his rock. So, but as I began to look at it, I'm like, there's something here. There's something here. So, when you first listen to this, you might be like, okay, never heard it before, but bear with me. And as always, I've never said this before, but I would have hoped that it would have been clear. Just don't take my word for it. There's a reason why this podcast is called Keep Digging for Life. What my goal is, is to help you along in building you up and building you within Christ. Always first and foremost, two things. One, you should be involved in a Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church that does more than just, you know, cutesy one-line topical messages. They, in some way, shape, or form, they should encourage you and they should have actual Bible studies there. Unfortunately, they're sometimes difficult and hard to find in churches. I grew up in a church that it was, people didn't really want to study the Bible and it was kind of awkward. Anyway, I can tell you about my church experience in another podcast. But the other thing is, don't just take my word or anybody else's word for that matter. Like, I don't care who says what because, you know, we're human. We're fallible. Always go back to God's word, period. End of story, no matter who says it. That's what I'm saying. In fact, I'd love to hear, you know, messages from people actually dialoguing with what I'm saying in the word of God. Not just frivolous, I disagree with it. Now, you could say that, but I could say what element and why. And I believe our high goal as Christians should be to follow the word and not just not pay attention to it because we're uncomfortable with it. That's that's a difficult challenge, but that it's something we should acknowledge. Anyway, that was a long diatribe, but I feel like that needed to be said. So the phrase, in Christ... Well, first off, this is going to sound a bit weird, but follow my thought. In, there are many different things that something can be in. Even just think about English. You could be spatially in a location. Like, I am currently now in my apartment in Dallas Theological Seminary. That is a location or locative use of in. But there is a more metaphysical or non-physical manner of in. Like, I am in the THM program. I'm not physically there. Or I am in Christ, for example. Christ isn't physically in us. Now, I have a good friend of mine, and, and she makes a good case, that it can also be 
physical as well because Christ is dwelling in us because of the Holy Spirit. But regardless, and you can apply that and actually makes this element a bit richer. But what we're going to be focusing on here is the non-tangible presence of in Christ. So we're talking about uh, non-spatially, metaphysically connected uh, Christ being inside of us, which also the connotation would be a practical, personal relationship. Now, Christ, we just think, oh, this is just a title for Jesus. And yes, that's true, but that's not the whole story. In fact, an alternative definition is uh, the Jewish Messianic uh, hope with all of, I'm paraphrasing, divine powers and whatnot. I don't have my dictionary with me. It's, I believe it's definition two if you want to look it up. So, and that's in uh, um, BDAC, which we'll get into when we finally get into using the biblical language tools. So you'll be able to find this stuff out on your own. Isn't it exciting? You don't have to wait for me to tell you. Uh, you should be excited. This is awesome. Being able to dig into it and being able to check things. Okay. I may just be a giant nerd here, but I just think that that being able to do it on your own, it's just refreshing because then you're not waiting for somebody to tell you. And at the very least, you can check them. You don't feel like you're hemmed in. And I wish somebody was doing it for me. Anyway, so I'm getting off on so many diatribes. This is why I need my mother here. She keeps me on track. So... Just bear with me until she comes back in uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, so the concept here is that you have the supernatural element of Christ that actually raised him from the dead uh, in Christ. So you have that element, that strength, and that power in you. Uh, as Colossians uh, um one at the end of the chapter says, his power so marvelously, powerfully works in me. And if you carry it through to the discussions of Galatians, it becomes clear that Christ is the source, not only of our power, but for all of our, all of our strengths, you know, all of the ability to do it. Uh, the Bible also says, he is working in both the willing and the doing. That is a connection element of Christ. So this is the difference between Christianity and so many other religions, okay? not Most of the religions are work-based. You have to do this. You have to say so many prayers at such and such a time in such and such a way. Christianity is different. God entered in. God transcended. Not only did he pay the price, but he enables us to live how he desired us to live. And that not only allows us to please him more, but to live a better life because we're not suffering for the penalties of our sins. Because God is a just God won't take away the penalty of sin. Now, it does not make the Christian life all bad of roses. In fact, sometimes we will incur 
extreme persecution of that. I can't tell you how many times I'm frustrated with people saying, uh, this is, you know, accept Christ and your life will be better. Uh, no, it'll be harder because you're going against the grain of culture. But you have that power and that ability to actually do. So God is not being unreasonable. And the other important element of in Christ, which I need to constantly preach to myself, is we're in, this is probably a bit overstated, but we're in a status of victory. We're actually in him. We're considered pure. We're a loved child. We're cared for. We're friends to him. So he desperately loves us. So we don't have to work to earn his approval. We already have it. Christ already died. So everything that he does for us is for our benefit. This is important because for a lot of people in society, including me, we tend to see our value in relation to the things we do. And for me, that's, that's, that's a bit of a sticky point because I can't physically do the things that, um, that everybody else can do. I, and that often has really negatively affected my value. In fact, recently I've just not really felt that much value because the listens have been dropping off of my podcast and I'm saying, God, what's going on here? And I'm thinking maybe he is trying to teach me a lesson in ultimate value uh, of that I am coming from him. You know, and my value stems, not coming from him, but my value stems from him and nothing else I do. The other problem with seeing your value in anything else other than God and anything else other than your state is that you need to, that when that activity ends, when that role ends and that identity marker, whether it be a job, whether it be a parent, whether it pour all your energy into, once that goes away, you feel crushed. And that happened to me several times when I was at Moody, when I had to have an extreme surgery and I was out of the uh, classroom for eight weeks. So really the we as hard as it is need to struggle to find our identity in christ how how can you do that well uh just stay tuned for my next section and we'll go over that or at least the things that i'm piecing together i am unfortunately uh struggling with this as well so this is just my thoughts of what i've currently been going through and been able to piece together with some of my friends including benjamin hart all right and Benjamin, if you're listening, love you, bro. And welcome back. So in this section, I am going to well, try to piece together what we can practically do to live out our lives as in Christ. Now, I want to be clear, this is not, not a uh, health and wealth gospel of you do this and everything will be fine. Or health and wealth gospel, or, or the kind of element of 
you know, don't be sad, don't, um, don't suffer anything, you know, you're a Christian and you're supposed to be happy. Uh, there is a legitimate art form in the Psalms called laments, where people actually fully, um, express their emotions, where they move from statement of the woe to, act, to, uh, statement of their feelings, to asking of God's help. There's a turn, but there is essentially a five-step move of, of, uh, of lament psalms, and I will uh, cover that eventually if I haven't already. I don't think I have, but I need to check what I've done. Ooh, this sounds really bad, but you're just getting my stream of consciousness. <laughs> uh, good luck with that. No one will, no, I probably shouldn't say this. It'll be up. God will do with it what he will. See, I'm practicing, or at least trying to practice what I'm going to suggest to you. So, when you have negative thoughts, like I just did, uh, the important thing is, especially if they're untrue negative thoughts, to stop yourself and to state, the truth of what God has said. So instead of focusing on the problems that you're having, saying, uh, thank you, God, for your church. Thank you that I'm equipped to serve your church. Thank you. Well, first and foremost, you might want to start with uh, the thank you, God, that I am your child, that you paid so much of a price for me, that no matter how much I feel, you desperately love me. And you want to see me grow more and more into the image and knowledge of Christ. And that you care for me no matter what happens. And that your good plan for me will occur. Wow. That's actually the first time I've done it. That, that's extremely very freeing. I'm sorry. I just actually first did it. Because if we say untruths that are implanted in our head through... I would argue demonic forces. We just keep seeing those negative things. And if you look for it, you'll always see the negative thing and wait for the shoe to drop. Now, the important thing is, and this is the difficulty I have, is he's a good father and he's not. We shouldn't just be waiting for the shoe to drop. He, he's not like that. It's not, oh, God. I, you know, I, I, I really, I expect you to work all this out, but I don't really want to thank you for something because when I thank you for it, I think you'll take it away. No, 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 no. He could, but that's the wrong heart situation of it. Remember, he ultimately cares. He wants to see you perfected. And it's, it's also an element of enjoying life. He, he wants us to enjoy life, which that's another thing that I've struggled with. Now, there are two extremes of that. One, uh, we're just overly enjoying life. You know, drinking, partying, debauchery and all that, which the Bible is not for debauchery either. All right, so where was I? So, yeah. Um, so. Okay, Andrew, you just got to be very careful with, with um, 
Virgo right now because he's going to be loving this food. Yeah. Like Maybe I should have cheated more. Is the water? Alright, so back to what I was saying. So, really, it starts from a place of you affirming who you are in Christ and affirming what God has already done. Like, sacrificing himself for you, paying a large price for you, equipping you for his good work. And because once you start seeing for that and looking for it and thanking God for what he is regularly doing, that begins to create a shift in your mind and a shift in your posture from the negative element of why am I already always being isolated? Why am I always being separated? It, it You're not sowing those desperate seeds and you're beginning to seek and rely on God more of his ultimate action. Now, there's an element about in Christ that I didn't cover before. And that is namely that we are united with all Christians everywhere. So because of that, we are deeply intertwined, not only in a family sense, but in our care for each other. So ideally, Christians should support one another, help one another, care for one another, and build each other up. That's what the body is supposed to do. The tricky part is each of us has our sinful nature to come in the way. So to remember that, that your brother or sister in Christ is someone who Christ died and who is equally valuable as well, also helps in... Um, overcoming any uh, difficulties or pain relationships that you would have with them because you are like, hey, you know, Christ died for them too. So it allows you to have a little bit more uh, calm situation and let things go because you realize how much God has, you know, forgiven you. Now, there's still an element of wanting to present if there's a legitimate problem, but always doing so with the intent of the person to do better and seeing them from the best possible side. So again, that's just my thoughts of the practical observation of this. And again, I'd like to thank Benjamin Hart and his input on this, which has been incredibly enlightening. And I might have forgotten a few details, so I'll add them in later if possible. Thanks. And as always, keep digging.